0: Assalamu alaykum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh and welcome back to the Entrepreneur podcast. I know it's been a while that we haven't recorded an episode for you guys, but trust me it's because we're preparing a few very special guests for you and one of them is right here today, brother Abu Musa, who joins us and he's actually one of my inspiration when it comes to YouTube content creation. Mashallah, he's an amazing YouTube content creator. You might have seen Abu Musa on YouTube sharing videos about Islamic finance, personal development, and even how to start a business. And he has a lot of amazing things that he helps Muslims achieve in regards to that space of entrepreneurship and business and personal growth and finance. And I'm here with him today to discuss a bit more about what motivated him to begin on this journey, maybe share some of his gems with you guys today as well, and also some of the entrepreneurial tips that he has to share with us today about how to start and grow our businesses. Abu Musa, salam alaikum, welcome to the podcast.
1: Wa alaikum, <laughs> wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh. So tell me, man, where are you based? Uh, alhamdulillah, wa salatu wa salam alayhi wa So, bro, I'm based in the UK. Uh, It's difficult to say. I'm not technically in the UK anymore. I'm actually living in the UAE now. Uh, I moved three months ago to the UAE. Uh, So that's such a difficult question right now. I spend a lot of time in the UAE, the UK, and even Pakistan, basically.
0: Amazing, Mashal. You know, there's like a whole mass exodus right now happening to Dubai. Is it the taxes, bro? You got to be honest with me, man. It's the taxes, isn't it?
1: (laughs) 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 But you guys, you're from
0: America? I'm in Canada. I'm in Canada, Canada.
1: Yeah. You have IRS there or something, right? We,
0: ha- we have, well, we don't have the IRS here, but we have the the Canadian government, which is just as bad. It's, I mean, okay. dude, okay. dude, we're paying like 40, 50% in taxes, okay. man. It's, it's ridiculous. I, mean,
1: look, I have to be honest. Look, The taxes is definitely uh, a bonus, I would say. Mm-hmm. Uh, but for me, I think it's more, for me, it was definitely like, I, I've got a young one. I've got a little boy, basically. Alhamdulillah. And so uh, for the family and stuff, I definitely wanted to be in a more of a, a muslim environment as such and so yeah man so we decided like three months ago to move move to the uae
0: okay amazing mashallah so you're moving there it sounds like you're moving there like permanently i, I know you mentioned you you want to visit back london but uh, essentially you plan to have that be your permanent residence it sounds like yes
1: inshallah like for for now yes i mean the sort of person i am like i don't know what's going to be happening in the next two years but mm-hmm. i would say i would like to be in the uae for the next two years inshallah
0: Okay. Amazing. mashallah. So t- tell me, tell me more about that. And I want to know how that connects ultimately to what it is that you do, because obviously for you to be able to make such a, such a big decision means that you have to have a lifestyle that allows for you to have that kind of flexibility. So tell me more about what it is that you do and, and, and what allows you to be able to make that decision
1: actually. Okay. So like, See, that question is tough because I feel like when someone asks me, what do you do? It's a difficult, I don't just <laughs> do think so there's multiple things that I do, but. All right. I'll, walk I'll me through to, them, man. Let's do I'll, it. I'll try to go through them. So, uh, well, my bread and butter has always been, I started a recruitment company when I was 25 years old. I'm now mm-hmm. 30. Um, And so like, I, I got a job in recruitment when I was 21, worked in corporate four, five years, Set up my own company when I was 25, worked like really hard for two, three years. And now, alhamdulillah, we're at a situation where we do okay, basically. Again, mm-hmm. alhamdulillah, because everything that comes from Allah. Um, and so we're in a we're in a situation where we sort of what we're doing with the company now is we're doing a lot of outsourcing to Pakistan, hence why I spend some time in Pakistan as well. So we do outsourcing to Pakistan, where, you know, I've, you know, for example, we'll have a call center there. They help us manage a lot of the um, business that we get from, you know, America, UK, et cetera, et cetera. Mm -hmm. So that's always been the bread and butter. And then I do have some other companies as well. There are some other, you know, models that I do. I mean, obviously I do the social media stuff. Um, and there are things that are interlinked to that as well.
0: Okay. Amazing. So, Tell me, you have a recruitment company and I, and I personally discovered uh, about you and learned about you through your YouTube content. So what motivated you to start creating content on YouTube? And, and what, was the, what was your initial intention
1: with that? I mean, to be honest with you, when I was like 24, 25, right? I was finding it extremely difficult to find someone who was relatable. And what I mean by that is, Someone who feared Allah didn't want to do anything haram, and mm-hmm. also wanted to actually do well for himself. Mm-hmm. I found it extremely difficult. So I'll give you an idea. I was actually very close to you know, like for example, my family wanted uh, me to get a house. Like I was working a job, I was doing okay, and the first thing Asian parents—I don't know about you—but Asian parents are like, "Look, just get a house." And it's like, mm-hmm. like you get a house and you're successful now. So, I you know, I was being pushed down this route of getting like interest-based loans and stuff like that just to get a house and. You know, I really didn't want to, and I came across a video. Funnily enough, it was actually from a non-Muslim, and he mm-hmm. was like, "Look, it doesn't make sense for you to get all your money and put it down on a house, etc." And I was like, "Wow, like this non-Muslim talking about this, but not Muslims talking about this." You know what I mean? And I have worked in a corporate so, yeah. environment, and I and I don't know how it is in Canada, but in the UK, sometimes there are very common things that for Muslims can be a little bit uncomfortable, things mm-hmm. like you know, uh, it's very normal in the UK, like go on Friday pubs, for example, right? Or, you know, and and you don't really have anyone to talk to about these issues Mm. uh, because unless you're working in the corporate environment, um, you don't understand as bad as it is, you know? Um, And so that's, to be honest, why I started making that sort of content because I had sort of gone through that side as such and I didn't really have anyone to, to rely on or come back to and that sort of thing. And you know, I think it was also like I i was a big believer that sometimes we have this agenda pushed down our throats. I believe that a Muslim does not it should not necessarily have money or does mm-hmm. not need money or being a good practicing Muslim does not mean you have you have money. Like the two don't really align. Okay. Generically speaking, this is a mindset I think sometimes we subconsciously have in the back of our heads. And so I think that was definitely a thing as well, where I was like, we don't have to, we can actually do well in business we can achieve something and we can still stay away from the haram so I think that's where it stemmed from
0: right definitely and I totally agree with your perspective brother I think that that's definitely something that a lot of Muslims are also waking up to right now that because Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala gave us a deen that is truly all-encompassing right I remember um this narration uh that I think um one of the companions of the Prophet and I might get this wrong, came to him and he said, "Oh, like, oh, your dean like teaches you also even how to go to the bathroom, right?" And then, and then the companion replied, "Like, yes, like, how beautiful is it to have a dean that like shows you how to do everything you need to do in life?" Um, and I'm paraphrasing. I'm sure, I'm sure. I'm sure. I'm getting it wrong here. But uh, the the whole lesson behind it was that Allah Subhanahu Wa Taala gave us a guidebook for how we can approach every aspect of our lives. And a lot of times we think that that's just about. How we approach our prayers, how we approach our duas, how we approach our connection with Allah Subhanahu Wa Taala. But it's also a guidebook to how we approach entrepreneurship and business and personal growth and personal development. And there's so much gold to be found in our Islamic traditions for how we can develop as individuals and as Muslims. And you are completely right that none of it ever says that you know what Muslims aren't encouraged, encouraged to remain poor. Now there are many hadith about you know the nobility of poverty when it comes to the Day of Judgment and Akhirah, in that poor people will have uh, quicker entry, people who are um, less wealthy will have quicker entry to Jannah because they will be, well, they will have less tests, right? Less questions to answer to. That does not mean that being wealthy is a bad thing. And that's what people confuse. Uh, there's a dua that we say every morning. Uh, and it's Allahumma inni a'udhu bika min al kufri wal faqri. That, oh Allah, I seek protection from you from disbelief and also from poverty and this is this is the the prophet muhammad sallallahu alaihi wasallam transmitted to us so he wouldn't transmit to us to seek protection from something that is good right like if you're seeking protection from poverty that means that you're trying to avoid having to be in that situation and as muslims we should understand that it is part of our deen to work hard to strive to be successful to strive to make a positive impact and grow uh, and grow amazing businesses and i'll i'll give you the room to to comment on that a little bit
1: yeah, yeah, no, 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 for sure. And as we know, like the upper hand is better than the lower hand. And the one that gives is, of course, look, at the end of the day, nah. you know, we need Muslims that, you know, have, look, we need to be able to help each other. How can we help each other if we don't have something for ourselves? That's nah. the reality, right? And so, look, the, uh, Sahaba like Abdul ibn Auf, may Allah be pleased with him, Uthman ibn Affan, may Allah be pleased mm. with him. All. And so, uh, these these were extremely rich and wealthy uh, companions of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. But when you, under, I, th- I think it's, it, again, it comes down to when you understand, when you start looking into it and understanding it, you're like, oh, wow, subhanAllah, like, okay, we can actually have, like, we can do well, we can have business, we can be wealthy, uh, but it's just what you do with that, you know, it's it's of course a test for you as well. Like, I like if X person has, you know, a million pounds and then goes and spends a million pounds on, you know, uh, something which isn't maybe pleasing to Allah, of course, he's going to be questioned on that. Right. So yeah. it's like, OK, you have a million pounds, but then if you give the million pound or let's say nine hundred and fifty thousand pounds for the sake of Allah, one would say that's a, it's a very good deed. Right. Of course. And mm-hmm. so, yeah, man. So that's to be honest, why like I and I generally started feeling like and I still do by there because I think this is an ongoing thing. And I just felt like the younger brothers just needed someone to look up to and support and be like, you know what, we can do well for ourselves mm-hmm. and we don't have to fall into haram. Because I think that the, I mean, maybe it's getting better now, but there was definitely a thing of, you can have money, but you can't have money, like, staying away from the haram. You have to do some haram to get yeah. money. Uh, whether that be a bribe, mm-hmm. or whether that be interest, or whatever. It's like, you have to do haram, and then you can have money. And it's yeah. like, that. that's not true. That's just not the case.
0: Agreed. It's an excuse. It's an excuse. It's an excuse for lack of knowledge. Um, You recently released a, a video with the titled how I retired at the age of 30 so tell me more about that because that intrigued me and I'm curious and I'm sure the people listening are curious what does that mean and what did you do specifically how did you retire at the age of 30
1: so it's it's interesting actually when I was 25 26 years old I said to one of my good friends who still is with me um, I said to him at the age of 28 I don't really want to worry as such about being able to pay things and Mm -hmm. take that as you wish um and by the age of 30, I want to be in a position where I don't have to work. Mm-hmm. So now when I say that I am retired, again I give shukr to Allah Azza wa Jal, but the reality is I if I do some work, if I do something, it's not because I maybe necessarily have to. Mm. I am like for example, today now, I think for the last six months, I haven't really sort of worked, right? Mm. Um so it's a case of now, but if I want to do something, I might, for example, set up a company, invest in a company, set up a business, get it going, put someone in place, and then, you know, I'll sit back again. Do I mm-hmm. have to work? Probably no. Well, yes, I don't actually have to work again. We give jal. Um, So what did I do? So number one, it's all about uh, automating your business, right? Because mm-hmm. if your business is in a situation where it needs you, then I guess you can't retire. Yeah, And I, and I mentioned that, and I said that, we, you know, like for example, I'm looking to have, uh, well, I do already have like a call center in Pakistan, right? yeah. uh, which is able now to do a lot of the work that I used to do myself, or the team would do here in the UK, which was obviously high costs. Now we're able to outsource that to another country. You know, it gets managed. I don't really have to do much. You put a manager in place, a director in place, and then that person manages the company. And so the recruitment company has always been the bread and butter. Um, you know, I have a platform which is called uh, Teach You basically. It's a platform uh, which is uh, again very, very small um at this stage, but it's similar to like Skillshare or Masterclass, and we want to get it to a stage where inshallah we can you know compete with the big boys. But the point is right now we're sort of if you said to me right now, you know, the X business is gonna cost this much, uh, but it needs 10 hours of your time a week, I probably wouldn't do it because now. I just don't want to do anything which takes time. You know, I, I uh, one thing I've realized is I value time a lot. Mm. And so um, that's just my focus now, you know, spending time mm. with my family, my parents, you know, inshallah, I'll continue to do. I enjoy business, to be honest. It's when people say, look, when are you going to stop, when's enough? I say, to be honest, I don't do it for the money. I don't. I just enjoy what I do. You know, mm. I just enjoy setting up a company and taking it then you employ people and then it gets to a certain stage. I enjoy that. It's like asking someone, when are you going to stop playing football with your friends? You know? Um, So yeah, I hope that answers that question.
0: Definitely. Tell me more about your business because for people who are listening, they may not know. Um, So what is your business exactly that you did automate? Can you tell us more about that?
1: Sure. So a recruitment company is basically um, a recruitment business model is basically where we as a recruitment company find employees for the employers. Mm -hmm. So we are looking to find candidates and I don't know what the right phrase for it is in Canada. Candidates is perfect. (laughs) (laughs) But um, we're finding candidates for clients, basically. So a client will be to us, you know, we're looking for a, uh, you know, keep it, an accountant, for example. Mm -hmm. An accountant's salary might be, you know, $80,000, let's just say.
0: Mm -hmm.
1: Um, And we will charge 15% to find that accountant for the company. Mm -hmm. And so if a person is getting paid $80,000, then we will charge 15% as a finder's fee. And that's basically, we will go to the market, we will find this person. And there are ways that you go find this person through job boards, LinkedIn, that sort of thing. We find the Mm -hmm. person, we take that person to the company, the company says, yes, they do the interviews, they like the person. And in return, you know, it could be any, the fee could vary from 12% up to 25%. You Mm -hmm. know, depending on the, you know, the higher the person, the harder it is to find the person, the higher the fee, uh, the easier it is, maybe the lower the fee. So that's in essence what a recruitment company does. And the hardest part of recruitment, well, I say the hardest part, the thing that takes the longest is finding the people. Mm -hmm. Once you've got a good relationship with a client, and let's just say I've got a client or a company basically that has, you know, a hundred thousand employees, you know, the reality is they're going to need, 10, 15, 20 people every single month, right? And so once I have an agreement with that client and they're happy for me to work with them, I don't actually need to go and find another company. Well, for mm-hmm. let's say just for myself. If I want to grow, obviously that's different. So rather than me going and looking up and down a database and having conversations, are you looking for work? Are you looking for work? That's the part that we've outsourced then to Pakistan Because actually there's a lot of people in Pakistan who speak really good English. And I think this is something that people would be surprised about. Some people are anyway, that there are a lot of high caliber of people in Pakistan and therefore all they need to do is go through databases up and down, find the right people, call them. Are you looking for work? You know, and that point they do the, it's more like an admin task, you Mm. know, once you have the agreement with the client. And so that's exactly what the, the automation part is. And so it's, it's just much, and what I'm saying is, I guess, once you've been in the business for three, four, five years, you've got agreements with clients, you've got a relationship, then yeah. it's an easier part, which can be automated.
0: That's amazing. Thank you so much for sharing that so candidly. Tell no me problem. more about your client relationships. How important is it to have relationships in a business like yours?
1: Massively. I think it's, it's, it's probably the most important part. And I always say, because I obviously I teach people how to set up their own recruitment company, but I always say that, uh, it's it, it's interesting, but the, the the money is always in the finer things, in the details. So mm. for example, you, uh so, sorry, my mother just messaged me. No problem. Uh, um, You see, I just had to, I, I forgot everything. And I said, like, oh, my mom's message me, it's trouble time.
0: This, <laughs> but, is, no, man, this is mother over everything, bro. That's it. If you need to pause it, we'll pause it. Yeah, all
1: our mothers. I mean. um, so the it's always in the finer details. And what do I mean by that? When and this could be applied to a lot of businesses, actually, if you call a company and speak to a company and they're willing to do business with you straight away. Usually people would be very excited by that and say, oh, a company is happy to do business with me. With me, alarm bells ring, because if a company is willing to do business with you straight away, the reality is they will do business with other people straight away as well. Hmm. And so if I call a company and I have a conversation with a company and they say, yeah, fantastic, we love you. Can you start doing business with us? I have to be honest, I, I don't, I, I, I mean, I will have it. I will have a go. I will I will try my best, but mm. I will definitely be thinking on the back of my head, mm, I need to be careful because if they'll do this to me, they'll do this to other people. So right. some of the best relationships that I've had are with clients that actually in the beginning told me to go away. It took me seven, eight, nine months to even have a meeting, have a conversation. It took a year to actually, you know, back and forth, you know, back and forth of, you know, we've got this and, you know, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. And then after a year, they were like, fine, we'll do business with you. Mm -hmm. Some of the best relationships I've got with business and clients. Why? Because if it took that long to build a relationship uh, with me and for them to do business with me, then that's what people need to do to build a relationship with them. And I promise you 90% of people are not willing to get in touch with a company or speak to a company for a year. They're just not willing to do it. Yeah. And so some of the best relationships obviously take time. But once you have them in place, I mean, I could call my clients, you know, right now when, you know, it could be 10 o'clock in the night and I could have a call, you know, it's, it's, it's very informal, very, you know, and that takes time. It's just, a, it, you know, you buy from the people you trust, right? Mm-hmm. And no one's going to trust you in the first month that you speak to them.
0: Yeah, definitely, man. So it sounds like you're playing, well, you're playing a long-term game in this business model. And, and the truth is, I think honestly, in all businesses, a lot of people enter, enter into entrepreneurship and business thinking that it's a short-term play. Like, how can I make money right now? How can I, and, and sometimes I get emails from people like, I don't have a job. I need to make money live. Like, give me a way to make money online. And I tell them get a job, <laughs> honestly, because a business takes time to build. Like I, I tell them, honestly, like if you're in a rush for money, you like get a job because you like a business is not, doesn't solve your in, in, immediate money problems. A business is something you have to build and then grow. And it takes time for it to start actually giving you a consistent income. Um, and I know this is something that you talk about a lot on your channel as well. And I want to talk about the YouTube side for uh, in a little bit, inshallah, but just to stay on the topic of business for a little bit more. Um, I know that you not only talk about your recruitment business, but you also talk about other business models. So w- what is it that you're, or, or let's break it down like this. If you could give people who are looking to get started or just starting off kind of three main things to look out for or three tips about, here's like the first thing you need to do in your business. Here are the three main things you need to cover. What would that be for you?
1: So the three main things that someone, so I'm so sorry, by the way, I'm ordering food for my mother because that's what she asked.
0: And I <laughs> no worries, man.
1: I, I can't, I can't have her waiting, you know what I mean? So Dude, no I don't know a home to go to tonight.
0: Uh,
1: <laughs> but but I was going to say the so three main things for someone starting off in business.
0: Starting off. Correct.
1: Okay. So I think. I think, and and would you and, do you? and would you say come from the avenue of something that they need to have before they get into a business, or something they need to look out for? Like,
0: it's a good question. That's a good question. Let's say something that they like. Here are the three main initial steps that you would take if you were starting over and you had to start a business from scratch. And, and it doesn't have I to would, necessarily be three. I know three. It's a difficult question for me to throw at you right it's now. Fine, but. It's
1: fine. It's fine. We'll do what we can with the question. Okay. <laughs> Beautiful. So, um, I would say the first thing I would do. Is for sure one hundred percent get on social media. Mm-hmm. I would start making video and content on social media because, um, I can't, by the way, where, are, where where's your where's your background from? Where, where are you?
0: Originally uh, Leban- Lebanese.
1: Lebanese. Okay. No. So in in uh, Pakistan, basically, we have this saying, and it's whatever is seen, uh, whatever is seen is sold, right? Mm-hmm. In essence, and by that, basically, you could have the best product in the world. But if nobody sees it, no one's buying it. And you can have the worst product in the world. Yeah. But if everyone sees it, everyone buys it. And yeah. now, listen, I've got nothing against Logo Porn KSI, but this is a prime example. And, and, yeah. and, and, Crazy. no, seriously speaking, I've drank prime, for example, nothing great, nothing amazing. I mean, it's nope. just all right, basically, right? But why is there a huge hype around it? Because it's just everywhere. Everyone's seeing it it, and it's like prime, 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 prime. We want it. We want it. We want it. We want it. And so the product itself, uh, by the way, multiple people have said it's not actually great. It's just all right. But -hmm. everyone wants it. Why? Because it's just being seen everywhere. And Mm -hmm. so number one, you know, it, it would have to be social media. And I know, you know, and I have to address because I know even you will have Muslim viewers that, Okay, if you don't yourself want to be, you know, on the front of you know the camera and stuff like that.
0: Yeah, that's the the most common question in the Muslim community when it comes to configuration.
1: But the thing is, that's completely fine. One, you don't have to, your product can easily be, you know, you your product or whatever the service is can be the main front of the social media page. And even if not, then then I will build up capital to pay other people to put my product or service on social media because yeah. there's no way around you're getting around the fact that you can't be, you have to be on social media basically yeah you know so i think that's number
0: 1 100%
1: um, and i think number 2 something that maybe i something not a lot of people and I, and i'm trying to give unique advice mm-hmm. uh, i would think about an exit strategy so whatever i'm doing do, um i would think okay if i was to exit but, sorry, and by exit I'm, for the viewers, I mean you know if I was to look to sell my company at some stage, what are the some what are the sort of variables I would need to have in in place to sell my company mm-hmm. right and uh, if I because in the beginning if you have the right variables and the right things and the right fundamentals, your company will be worth two, three, four times worth more than if you get that wrong at the beginning yeah right and'll I'll give you an example um I, I Okay. Well, okay. I'll give you an example. So you, say, let's say you call your company today, Umma Pranur, no. for example. Right. Mm-hmm. And then now you've got these, you know, you've got, it's. it's all for the Muslims. It's, and you know, Muslims mm-hmm. are loving it and great. And of course, you're going to get a lot of customers and stuff like that. And to be fair, you might get more customers because people buy from the people they trust and Muslims will mm-hmm. buy from Muslims. And that's great. Having said that, when you look to sell now, a buyer is going to look that look at that and say, "Well, actually, I can only scale to Muslims because that's the customer market." If you call that entrepreneurship, let's say, for example, you know, yeah. or United entrepreneurship, then it's like, "Oh, okay, now it's not just for Muslims; it's for every audience."
0: You yeah. know what I
1: mean? And so, or you know, even even past that, actually, you I would say that that could be in the middle. But if I now call a business Abu Musa's business, right? Exactly. Now Now that's limited even more to Mm. me as a person. So some people now they will start a jewelry store and, you know, I don't know, Zara's jewelry, for example. Now that store is limited to Zara. If Zara's gone. The buyer is going to say, well, Zara's gone. Where's our our unique selling point now? You know, Mm. Zara's gone now. So I I would definitely look at that. I think I would definitely look at that. Um, I have a
0: question about that real quick, if you don't mind.
1: Please, please. Yeah, sure.
0: So... Knowing this very important fact, you still move forward in in building uh, your YouTube channel uh, really as Abu Musa, the personal brand, right? And of course, a personal brand itself as well is a valuable asset. But my question to you is, when made you go for that decision?
1: I think because when you are making, I think when you're making videos and when you're making, um, okay, so... When you're making videos and when you're speaking to customers, people have more of a connection, in my opinion, and I think this is subjective again. um, People have more of a relationship when they know the person and they know who that person is, for example, Mm -hmm. right? If you can connect with that person and the more you know about that person, the more you connect with them. And so, for example, as we know, and I'm, I'm sure you know you're in this game, so you would have an idea, a meme page, for example, is going to find it a lot harder to convert sales compared to a person. Correct. And I think it's mm-hmm. that same sort of argument that when you have a person, then customers or viewers or whatever, you know, people watching you have more of a relationship with you compared to a organization or a, or a company as such, right? And I think you can have both now. For example, you can have a personal page and then push it down into a a, a company, for example.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: So that, I, I would say I, w- I would come from that. that. That's probably one of the, yeah. I, I do think that, people will have more of a relationship
0: mm-hmm. with
1: Abu Musa as such.
0: No, and, and I, I definitely see your point. I think you're right. And it's, um, you know, it, it is, if you look at, if we we're using Prime again, as an example, like here, here's the thing about building a company brand versus building a personal brand that's interesting. When you build a company brand, you can sell what the company sells. But when you build a personal brand, you can sell whatever you want. And that's a very interesting <laughs> yeah. distinction, yeah. right? Yeah. And, and, and I, I mean, you see that, you know, Logan ball case, but there's also so many other examples of, of creators that, that, you know, launch their products. I mean, Mr. Beast has Feastables and Beast Burger, and um, there's a lot of other creators that kind of launch their own products and their own lines. So it's really interesting to see like what people are doing in this space. But I do, I do definitely feel like, you know, if you're someone who truly wants to long-term build a source of sustainable wealth. If you're able to become a creator online and build a personal brand, whether it's on YouTube or Instagram, um, that opens so many doors for you, right? To launch products, to launch businesses, to sell businesses, and to continue to do that repeatedly uh, with an audience that trusts what you do, of course, provided that you're actually, you know, providing benefit and and you're not scamming people or offering something that's not really benefiting people, inshallah. Uh, Hopefully that's not the case. So we have a tip number three, And then we're going to dive a little bit more into YouTube, if that's okay with you, because I'm always curious about that.
1: Okay. So tip number three, tip number three. I think, look, I think, you know, 100% it's about turning up every single day. And I think just bearing that in mind, no matter what, because I promise you guys one thing it's, you know, the one thing I've learned is whether it's, you know, putting in 5% effort every single day, that is so much more valuable than putting in 100% effort over two or three months. And, you know, I'm definitely an advocate of that. I've seen it. I felt it. You know, I would say I probably haven't worked 100% over the last five years. Mm-hmm. I've actually probably worked 30, 40, 50%. But the thing with me is if I'm having a bad day, I still turn up. And that, I promise you, is the biggest difference between someone who will see um, some element of success as such. And I'm not saying I'm successful, but I'm saying some element of it compared to the person who puts in 100% effort for three months or six months, which a lot of people do, by the way, I would much rather you put in 10% or 15% effort every day. And so I'm just going to do this until 10 years. Hmm. You put in 10, 15% over 10 years. I promise you like the chances of you making a success of whatever you're doing is amplified so much. Consistency wins every single time. So, you know, maybe don't overwork yourself and think that I'm just going to quit my job. I've got three months. I need to make it work. Well, Mm -hmm. actually, if that's the case, keep your job, work in the evenings, work in the weekends, do 10%, do 15%, but just do it over a long period. So long period, I would say is a third tip.
0: Mm -hmm. I would say the biggest killer for, uh, for all startups is like the pretty much the, 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 the not I I was going to say unwillingness, but I don't think that's the right word. I would say maybe the, lack of ability or if you want to call it dedication or commitment or whatever word you want to use, but to follow through once you actually start, because the the starting phase of any new business or project is super fun. Like there's nothing that I love more than like working on building a new product or a new business or a new service. Like the business, like the ideation, creativity, brainstorming phase for me is my absolute favorite. And I actually really don't like the day to day like oh this is the admin to actually now maintain this and grow it uh, that part is really boring and and a lot of people are really excited at first like i want to start a business and come up with this idea this is so fun but then now it comes time to actually okay let me i need to post on social media every day i need to actually go out and maybe send a few emails every day to try and get clients i need to go out and actually maybe figure out how to learn marketing and and market my services and at that point is when you see maybe three posts four posts on an instagram profile And then it dips, right? Um, And I'm able to say this because I work with a lot of entrepreneurs and people who want to get into entrepreneurship. And it's something that I've seen over and over. I think the biggest killer is when you're in a phase in your business where what is required is simply consistency is when a lot of people give up and stop going. Yes, Right. Uh, Because that's when it's no longer exciting. That's when it's just about showing up every day and putting in the work. And that's what you do. And you've done this amazingly with YouTube. Like we have a YouTube channel and I have not been able to do this, bro. (laughs) Sometimes I post, sometimes I don't. Sometimes I'm like, hey, what's up? Sometimes I take a break. Like (laughs) I'm I'm really not consistent, man.
1: I am not, if I'm being completely honest, I am definitely not like great at consistency. There's definitely times. I mean, I was the first one year and a half, two years. I was good. Like honestly, two, three videos a week um but i've i've slowed down but inshallah, we, we're looking to pick it up again but at least we yeah. know at least we know what we need to do it's the yeah. consistency you know what i mean yeah, yeah. like we know what i think the step one is always knowing where you're doing what you're doing wrong mm-hmm. because i always say this unless you know what you're doing wrong you can never fix it yeah you can never solve a problem you don't know if there's a problem so um at least we know that we need to be more consistent right
0: for sure hundred percent. Has there ever been a, has there ever been a point in your life and your journey where you felt like it was overwhelming to a point that you wanted to stop showing up? You wanted to stop working on the business. Has that ever happened to you?
1: No, I don't think so. No, really? Yeah. yeah.
0: that's, no. ha- that's happened to me before, bro, I'm like, I go through this. Off- For me, i would be honest with you. Really? not like,
1: okay. An option. Like okay. the way I, I've, the way my, I've always been wired is as yeah. if I stop turning up, I fail. Mm. If I stop turning up, but if I don't stop, I can't fail because as long as you're playing the game, you can't fail. Like you can't lose the game. Right. Right. So something could go like, as long as like everything messes up, but if I turn up tomorrow again, I haven't failed yet because Mm. I turn up again today.
0: Yeah. You know? Yeah. We're still on the journey. Mm -hmm.
1: Yeah, exactly. So I think, I think that's the thing, man. I don't know. I just, and to be honest with you, I wouldn't have it any other way. Like I couldn't because, you know what's the what's what's the backup the backup would we you know stop yeah. everything go work a job i'll be honest i couldn't do that anymore so you yeah so it's,
0: it's, it's not that's not gonna happen for me man i i, quit. <laughs> exactly. I, I dropped out of college to make this happen
1: <laughs> so <laughs> Hello. Hello,
0: alhamdulillah but no man I, I think i think what i meant was and not that like uh what, what to clarify what i meant was not like to stop um showing up but i agree that it is important but i think for me and maybe it's the way that I work and it's the way that I'm wired. I've had a few conversations about this with a few entrepreneurs, but man, like, especially with, with business, I'm someone who lets, who lets it take over my life. Uh, and I will sometimes like sometimes very often find myself, like I wake up in the morning, sometimes I breakfast a lot of times, skip it, get to work and just like have my, have a few meals in the day maybe a few small interactions, but I'm working until like 11, 12 PM and then going to bed. And I do this repeatedly. Um, and and it's, I resonate hundred percent with what you're saying about that time is your most precious resource. And recently I've been very actively trying to change that in my life and trying to have a different approach to entrepreneurship. But there's a part of me that feels like if I don't have that approach, I'm going to be going too slow. And I don't yes. know what your thoughts are on that
1: okay so interesting i would say uh <laughs> okay no i hope this isn't going okay i'll I'll try to explain the let's time. go deep
0: brother let's go <laughs> hit me
1: with it so what i will say is this if you off if someone offered me uh, wh- whatever think of a crazy number right now okay? okay whatever that crazy number is if someone offered me that for an x amount of hours of my time i wouldn't do it i wouldn't mm. do it and the reason is simple, because I would much rather take you know a hundred dollars or two hundred dollars or whatever it is for no time, right? Because that's scalable. I only have twelve hours in the day, right? If right. I for twelve hours, it's not possible to do more than that. And mm-hmm. so the one thing I realized for sure is this: that if time is being expected in return for doing something, it's not worth it
0: mm-hmm. because it's
1: not scalable. Scalability comes from you know, and, and by the way, it could, okay, let's say now you're making $5,000 from, you know, not doing anything. I would say that's much more valuable than doing, you know, uh, 10 hours a day and making $50,000. Right. 100%. Why? Because when you're, do, when you're making that $5,000, now you've got all this time to go focus, do something, set something up, put it on top of that 5000 And now you've got this free time again, now you've got $10,000. But that's possible because you've got this time. Mm-hmm. Without time, it's just not possible to scale up, you know? And so that's definitely something that I've realized. I think like there are definitely, you know, if I, if I now exchange my time for X amount of money, for sure, I could probably, you know, you know, Alhamdulillah, again, make more than what I make right now, but I am not yeah. willing to do that because I know in the long term, you know, whatever that number is, whatever that, you know, reaches, it's not possible to get to that number by put, giving my time, mm-hmm. you know? Uh, let's say those individuals, and I'm not saying I'm one of them, by the way, but those individuals that make, you know, you know, are worth 500 million or a billion, for example. Mm-hmm. you think they exchange their time for money? Of course they don't.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: They because if they did, they, I mean, imagine they actually said, right, so I'm going to do something, and when I do something, I'm going to get X amount, and that's going to make me a billionaire. That doesn't happen. Right. They have people in place. They have processes in place. You know, they automate it, and they do not work. Mm-hmm. I I wouldn't to be honest. Yeah, man.
0: It's a different approach. It's a different approach because what you're, what you're talking about is, and here's the interesting thing about entrepreneurship, man. It's it's what you, it's what you make of it because I think there's different approaches to entrepreneurship. Like you can take the lifestyle business approach, which is um, that you're building this business to be a lifestyle business, to support you with living a certain lifestyle. And maybe that's one where you have a bit more time for yourself. You're correct. Um, But then what about for example a tech startup that's you know trying to build you know a SaaS from scratch I think those that's a situation where it's going to be really hard for example to tell a founder of a tech startup that you know they should automate everything to the point where they're working 10 hours a day maybe they could do it eventually when they hire they have the capacity to hire a CEO and hire out a team but in the initial stages it's going to be very hard um I, I'm so sorry Please. I'm so
1: sorry I was just going to say I think you're 100% right and that's what I I think that's what I'm saying that in the beginning you know, and for example, I'm working on a project at the moment, which is you know, uh, it's it's basically all around AI and everything like that. So, mm-hmm. you know, I'm not actually doing too much. I'm somewhat project managing the project. It's all it's all mine basically. Right. Uh, but I've got the people who are doing what they got to do and doing the funky stuff. And you know, after it, I know, but I, but I but but I know this in the beginning.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: I do not want to be. Giving my time. And so I'm setting that business up in a way in that, where right way. once it's set up, it goes over. And now, you know, someone signs up, companies, whatever it is, you know, yeah. and now, you know, I don't need to do anything again. So I, and it might even be I spend six months doing it. Mm-hmm. But as long as I've, once those six months are done, I can go with my family for three months. Mm-hmm. You know, what I mean, I think that, that, that for me is the most important thing. 100%.
0: But, uh, uh, I would say that someone who has that perspective, though, that perspective comes from having tasted the opposite. And I'm willing to say right now, yeah, and okay. you might you might argue against it, but I'm willing to say that you have tasted the opposite of that lifestyle and you've seen the damage that it does. And you said, I don't want to do agree. it anymore.
1: thousand percent agree. A thousand percent. Because yeah. when I was working my recruitment business, I said this in the beginning, that I was doing 10 hours, 12 hours a day. Yeah. Right. And, but what I also am saying is... Uh, in terms of financially, in terms of financially, I believe it's a better uh, way to go about setting up businesses that don't need your time. Basically, but I have, I have, yes, hundred yeah. percent, put in a lot of effort, exchange my time for money, you know, and realize, and I'm like, do I really want to be exchanging this much time for money or do? Mm. Or, what's the limit? Once I've gone past X number, do I need more? I don't really. So, yeah. well, why am I now giving my time for money?
0: Mm-hmm. You know, and that's exactly. It. I feel like that's something that we all re- come. To, we come to a point as entrepreneurs where we all get to that kind of like crossroads where we realize, I started this thing. I went down the entrepreneurial path because I wanted more freedom and I wanted the ability to live life on my terms. And now this business has taken even more of my life away, and this needs to change. And at that point, you have a decision to make do I want to continue down this path and be the and like build go all in Jeff Bezos style? like if you guys read like the Amazon uh, there's there's a really great book I, I'm forgetting who it's written by uh, but it's about uh, Jeff Bezos's early days. I think it's called the Everything Store and it talks about the story of Amazon uh, and Jeff Bezos building Amazon in the early days and you read the book and you read like Jeff, his entire team, all the employees were working insane amount of hours like they had no life. Yeah. You know, but yes, they were able to build an amazing business. But at the end of the day, you read that, and then you read that, and then you question yourself and say, "Well, am I really willing to sacrifice so much?" Yes. And at the end of the day, honestly, as Muslims, like I don't think that this is how we should approach our lives. Doesn't like make sense. as a Muslim, no, it, it, doesn't. it doesn't. It doesn't. It's not. It's not. It's 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 not a holistic approach, right? Sure. That that it's really all encompassing, and it's something that I've realized because when I started my journey initially. And I had the same goals, man. I was like, oh, I have to be like, you know, I have to make this many millions by 30 and I have to do this and I have to do that. And then over time, I'm realizing like, wait, do I really need all that? You know, yeah, if yeah. I had, if I was able to, you know, just have the freedom to travel and Alhamdulillah, like we're planning like a four month trip with my wife later this year. Like that, that's awesome. That's, I'm yeah. already there. So why am I like killing myself to try to like even continue to go further? And, and I think there's a point in our lives where we have to just, we have to make that decision. Like, what am I okay with? And what lifestyle do I want? And we have to make a sacrifice somewhere. If you want a certain yeah. lifestyle where you you have more time, like that probably means that you're not going to build a billion dollar business. But are you okay with that? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That, that's the question.
1: I think that's what it comes down to. And I think it just comes down to, you know, I think it's very important to always grow. Mm. I think not growing is I I mean, I personally would find that hard, you know. Not yeah. grow. I think it's so it's important to grow, but I guess it's at what speed do you want to grow? And you know, do you want to sacrifice your day and nights for the growth?
0: 100 percent
1: You know, 100%. and so I think I think there comes a time, and there's and for everyone, it's different. There comes an amount, for example, whatever that might be, and you're like, Well, I'm all right now. I could just have the same thing, but a better version, you know. Mm-hmm. That might yeah. be that might be a, a car, and you're like, Well, I can have a better car, but I can have a car. I can have a house, but I can have a better house, but I can have but you have alhamdulillah, you have everything you need now so exactly you know at that point honestly like i always say this and this is why i always i always try to make videos around this stuff as well that no matter what don't forget if something happens to your parents if something happens to you your family health wise whatever it is you will give all your wealth away to spend one more day with your parents mm-hmm. every single amount every single Acent. penny and so no. don't ever ever think that you know I'm going to be very happy. I mean, it's crazy because I, I'm sure you've done this, but like when you look into the stories of the, the rich and et cetera, et cetera, and they say that, you know, what, what's the one thing you regret? They always mm-hmm. talk about like not spending time with the family, you know, not spending time yeah. doing this, not spending time too much in the business. Mm-hmm. So you do that, chase, you know, you know, do well for yourself, make money, Alhamdulillah is good. But don't forget, you know, also spend time, you know, worshiping Allah also spend time with your parents you know, I'll, be, I'll give you an example. I'm, I'm sorry, I don't want to ramp on. But last year now, mm-hmm. alhamdulillah, my businesses again, Shukr to Allah, have done really good. Now, the last year, uh, I would say two of the best memories of my life had nothing to do with business. In mm-hmm. fact, it was taking my parents to you know, so basically as a family, best moments of my life. Uh, and my parents came to UAE and stayed with me and lived with me. Uh, for the month of Ramadan, basically. Best moment of life. And so the one thing I have realized recently is it's we continue to grow because as a man, I think it's important to grow and look after your family, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. But the best time, and now we're going we're going to Pakistan for Eid, for Qurbani, basically. And I, I'm just doing that because I realized like spending time with your family and making memories with your family is the best thing that you could do. There's nothing better than that. Mm.
0: You know,
1: when you're 60 years old, when, and I think about this, this is what a view is, right? When you're 60 years old, and your grandchild comes up to you and says, tell me about your life. Tell me some of the good memories. You will never say the day you went to the office. Mm-hmm. You'll never say no. That's that's 80% of our time that like we go to the office and we work and you know it's what I mean? The no. great good times, great memories and you spend time with your family and loved ones. I think it's important. Mm,
0: 100%. Uh, this was such a beautiful conversation, man. I, I love it. And, and these are the things that I personally really enjoy talking about because they're very relevant in my life as well. And I think we don't talk about them enough. A lot of entrepreneurship is about like, hey, this is how much you can make a million dollars online. But, you know, as like we have to talk about like what is the reality of it, right? Because um, there is a reality to it all. If there is, an, is, is is there any kind of final um, words you want to share with our audience? Or is there any questions that you feel like I should have asked you maybe that I didn't ask that you'd like to share with the audience today?
1: I don't think so. I think, look, I think that, I think sometimes we as Muslims can see making money and having businesses in an ugly way. And I think mm-hmm. it doesn't have to be that way. And which is why it's important to talk about the, the free time you spend with your family. You know, mm-hmm. me spending time with my child, for example, and knowing his father is there and he can be there when he needs that need to be there. You know, mm-hmm. and knowing if today, for example, you know, again, there's going to come a time our parents have to go. It's a reality of life, right? And so knowing that if something happened to my parents, I could be there and look after them for six months. And not have to go and work a job And thinking man how am I going to pay the bills it's the reality of people These days if you are working a job Right and something happens to your mother Or your father And ask yourself yourself, Do you have enough savings to look after them for 6 months I mean imagine you couldn't even be with your parents For the last few months of their life for example Like that's sad And so as Muslims it's not just about the money It's just not It's more Hmm. about being able to worship Allah more being able to you know spend time with your family parents you're raising a child you know it's deep so it's yeah. deeper than that and i think that's the things that's the view that that's the angle that us muslims should come from
0: 100 percent brother. those were beautiful words mashallah is there anything you're working on right now um, that we can share with our audience is there any place where they can go to connect with you and, and work with you potentially inshallah
1: yeah i guess just my social media platforms is is i mean if anyone has any questions i'm, I'm usually quite good at replying to DMs. Usually uh sometimes it goes a bit crazy and then i just say and then it just gets a bit overwhelming uh, sure. usually i am okay to reply to messages and stuff like that so if anyone does need any help i will say that if i if i don't reply it's not because i've ignored it's just because i've probably had like 20 messages in that day and so just message again i have no problem with that so yeah happy yeah social media is not a problem
0: beautiful and, and i'm guessing you are uh Well, we're going to drop all your social media handles, inshallah, on the episode notes and in the description of the video uh, if you're watching on YouTube. uh, But just to tell people, so they should look up Abu Musa, A-B-U-M-U-S-A. Is that correct?
1: That is correct. It's underscore CH, but they will get that anyway
0: underscore ch. All right, beautiful, guys. Uh, make sure to go and check out the episode notes or description to connect with Abu Musa, follow him on social media, and check out his YouTube channel. It's absolutely filled with so much gold, mashallah. Um, he does really, really beneficial videos for any entrepreneur, any even Muslim just looking to uh, essentially go on a journey of personal growth. So I definitely recommend you go and check it out, inshallah. Abu Musa, jazakallah khair for this conversation. I absolutely loved every minute of it, and I really appreciate your time in, in spending it with us today.